Where do we get joy of life? And do we get joyful? When I was watch sports game, I can see the pure joy from the teams, the of the winning team from their faces when they look at their faces. It's just pure joy. When Raptors won and Blue Jays won, I saw that. <clears throat> I still remember 1993. Probably some of you weren't born then. 1993. Ninth inning. We are losing 6-5 because we lost 5 scores in 1 inning. And 2 ball, 2 strike. Joe Carter came out. And then he hit 3 run home run. And then finally <clears throat> we became dynasty. We won. Uh, that game. I still remember Joe Carter leaping for Joe when he was coming home. I could see pure joy on their faces. <clears throat> Victory. That gives us joy. Victory. Israelites were thinking about the victory as they were waiting for the Messiah. What kind of victory? Victory over Roman soldiers. Victory over Romans who colonized them. Even though they didn't have military power, they believed that. That if the Messiah come, then this Messiah will bring us the victory over Romans. We don't have military power. We don't have physical power. But if the Messiah comes, <clears throat> that was what they wanted from Jesus. They wanted Jesus. Actually, they wanted Jesus' power to have that victory over Romans. That was their expectation of the Messiah. Because when they saw Jesus, they saw that power, raw power. When he performed miracles, they could feel the power. When Jesus spoke, they experienced the charisma of the word. So they were surprised. What sort of teaching is this? I never heard of this kind of teaching. They felt the power of the word. <clears throat> they saw Moses in Jesus. <clears throat> If Moses, as an old man, 80 year, old, 80 year old, as an old man with one staff, if he could defeat the Egyptian army, why can't Jesus defeat the Roman army? They believed. They thought. But unfortunately, Jesus did not give, Jesus did not deliver the victory they wanted. Rather, he was defeated. He was crucified on the cross. And all their expectation of victory was totally uh, destroyed on AD, AD 70 when Romans finally came into 
Israelites and then trampled and killed all of them. The temple was destroyed. Everything that they had was destroyed on AD 70. They didn't experience victory with Jesus. So Christians <clears throat> had to rethink <clears throat> about the power of the Messiah. What is this power then of this, this Messiah, Jesus? If he could not deliver this victory to us over Romans, what kind of power is this? <clears throat> they have to redefine the power of Jesus, power of the Messiah from AD 70. As you look at Jesus' life from the beginning, his power was not about conquering others. It was not about victory. Right from the beginning, Jesus never preached about the victory, or the power of victory. Jesus' power was always about empowering the powerless. That was Jesus' power. Empowering it was not the power of defeating the Romans. That was the main reason why Judas left Jesus. That's why he betrayed Jesus. Because he, he kind of felt that this guy will not bring us the victory. So, he denied, or not denied, betrayed Jesus. Not only Judas, all the disciples had that kind of understanding about the power of the Messiah. That's why John and uh, James said, when you go enter into, the Jeruz into Jerusalem, can we sit on your right hand and on your left hand? Because they wanted a powerful, powerful position. And all of the ten disciples were angry, indignant. I was going to ask that first, and you guys asked first. So they all thought about this power. John the Baptist might have had the same thought because that was a Jewish expectation of the Messiah. That's why he sent his, his disciples with this question. Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? John the Baptist was one who baptized Jesus and then he saw heaven open and then heard the voice from heaven. He also said that he was not worthy to untie the thong of his sins. Now he was wondering whether Jesus was indeed the Messiah that he was waiting for. John's question was not the question of curiosity. There was a sense of doubt whether Jesus was truly the Messiah because he was so different from what they expected. They all wanted the power to win. That is the power we want. The power to survive. Power to be better than others. The power to have more, 
بيودس قلب حار. And this power gives us what we want. When we get what we want, we are joyful and feel content. When we realize we don't have that power, we feel down and depressed. Jesus answered John's question in this way. When John asked, are you the one? And Jesus answered with this uh, uh, answer. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Listen very carefully. When the power hungry people read this, the first thing they will see is a miracle. Oh, the blind will receive their sight, and the lame will walk. Wow, miraculous power. The power hungry will, will only see that. The people who know the power of Jesus will see something different. Huh? Jesus came to empower the powerless. They will see totally different things. The lame, the blind, the deaf, the poor, they were all powerless people. Do you remember John and Peter? <clears throat> they were walking, and at the entrance of the temple, there was a, a crippled man. Uh, he couldn't stand, and they asked for money. And Peter said, I don't have money, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. As soon as he was able to rise and walk, he entered into the temple. He didn't go Why? Because every day sitting there, when can I go into that temple? Because the lame could not enter into the temple. The deaf cannot enter into the temple. The blind cannot enter into the temple. They wanted to go into the temple so much to be with God. But they could not. So as soon as they were healed, they, they went to the temple first day to worship. And these are the powerless people, alienated people from society. And Jesus, the Messiah, came and restored them, empowered the powerless people. That was Jesus' power. So whenever Jesus performed miracles, he said, don't talk to anyone. Because he was scared that these people will misunderstand the message. They will only see the miracle rather than what Jesus was truly trying to say. The true joy of life is possible not when you have everything, not when you achieve the highest goal, not when you win every game you play, but it is possible when you, especially in uh, powerless people, when you empower the people around you. 
When you see that people receive new power, new hope, new encouragement, and new life through you, when you see that, then you can truly have joy of life. Self-centered joy will not last too long. But when you actually empower people around you who are especially weak people, vulnerable people, that joy is everlasting joy. That's the joy of God. You know the story of the prodigal son? The son asked for inheritance, the money. In other words, he he said to his father, I'll consider you dead, so give me the portion that belongs to me. And he went out and spent all of it, wasted it, he came back. He was a bad son. The father didn't say, see, what I told you, you should have listened to me. He didn't try to prove himself right by saying, how many times did I tell you that you will do that? No. The father, without saying anything, he put on a ring and a purple robe. He empowered this powerless son. And he was so joyful that he threw a party. That is the joy of God. Their parents who take away power from their children by continuously nagging them. Oh, you don't do this the right, you don't do that right. No, you're not that great. They're constantly uh, ridiculing them. And by doing that, they take away the power, little power they have. But their parents who empower their children. They encourage them, they give them hope, they said, yes, you can do it. I believe in you. That is, that is parents who empower their children. Jesus expressed God's heart in this way. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains? and go in search of the one that went astray. And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it, more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. <coughs> Jesus' ministry was the ministry of empowering the powerless. That was Jesus' joy. This is the spirit of Christmas. Christmas is not about you. Christmas is not about just you being happy. Christmas is a season where you look around. Is there, are there people who need my encouragement? Are there people whom that we need to take care of? Are there people who are sad? Are there people who are lonely? 
Are there people who are struggling with their lives? Reach out to those who are broken and empower them. That is Christmas spirit. And that should be our attitude every day. Instead of focusing ourselves, let us build others up and let us enjoy that. Building up other people and the joy that you get from it, that's the best joy you can ever ask for. When you can do that, your life will come alive. Your joy will be restored. You know why you're not so happy? Why? You know why you're not that joyful? Because you're so self-centered. We can never be happy. We can never be joyful when we are so self-centered. But when you give away for others, when you empower the others, then you find, ah, this is what joyful life is all about. That's how Jesus lived. And that's how Paul lived. That's why Paul said, Be rejoice always. Not, when, not only when things are good, but even when things are bad, I can always empower the others. When you, when you ingrain that lifestyle into you, then you will find true joy. And life is fun. Merry Christmas and have joy all the time. Let us sing together.